Welcome to the Stay True to You podcast with your host, Karishma Minocha. Join me in this safe space where we'll have deep conversations about self-discovery, mental health, and relationships to support you and your dreams. If you're ready to own your self-worth and live life on your own terms, you're in the right place. It's time to be seen and heard. It's time to take up space. It's time to stay true to you. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today because I have a wonderful guest here. And funny story, I have never met her in person, but we connected online because I was researching all about intuition and I found her website, reached out to her, and we got connected. Fast forward a couple of weeks and here we are recording this podcast just for you guys and I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Welcome Robin, how are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me here. This is really exciting. And yeah, yeah, I loved how we kind of just came together naturally and had such a great first conversation. It just felt like it was meant to be. It really was. And it felt so organic just connecting with you. Um, So before we go into conversation, I would like to share some details about you, your background, and so people can understand more about who you are and what you do. So this is Robin Arnett, and she is a therapist turned coach who specializes in working with highly sensitive women. With the focus on boundary setting and connecting to intuition, Robin helps to empower her clients to lean into their sensitivity instead of rejecting it. As a highly sensitive woman herself, Robin knows exactly how it feels to move through the world feeling different. She spent over a decade working with a diverse caseload in mental health spaces, and after traveling and living all over the world, Robin has settled in Bend, Oregon, where she loves to spend time outdoors, cook for family and friends, paint watercolors, and read. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to just first of all, get to know more about you when it comes to why you got into self-development. What's your story? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was never supposed to be a therapist. I was kind of supposed to be a lawyer within my family. I think that was sort of the track that my parents imagined for me. And I actually went through the whole process of taking the LSAT, getting my recommendations. I spent a couple of years in corporate consulting, actually, after college, kind of getting my feet wet in what I thought was something that I might continue with and had kind of a freak out, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I never turned my applications in. And I went through sort of a process in the next few years of figuring out like, okay, what do I actually want to do? And I spent a year in Ecuador teaching English as a volunteer and Then I went to grad school. I got a dual degree at Columbia in public administration and social work and still didn't think I was going to be a therapist. I thought I would be working more in uh, program development and sort of meso and macro spaces, but I had an internship uh, where I was in a clinical role and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm hooked. This is the coolest thing. There's nothing like this. And so I sort of dove into the clinical piece and 
always kind of kept in the back of my mind. I want to be doing some of that more mezzo higher level policy, um, structural kind of work, but Mm -hmm. really dove into the clinical piece in the next few years. And I worked in some community mental health spaces. I worked in a social enterprise. I bopped around in my internships to all kinds of different places. And I've really started to focus on Um, intimate partner violence and sexual assault as a real specialty area and got trained in some modalities that really helped me to work with trauma, specifically EMDR and internal family systems. So that's kind of been my go-to in the last few years. And I started a private practice where I worked a lot with those modalities. And over time, I started to really notice that I really enjoyed and felt like the work that I did with highly sensitive women was just really magical. I just loved working with that population. I felt like I really related well to those folks and started to notice that the topics of intuition and boundary setting were really particularly relevant for that population. So really just sort of organically, I ended up developing a couple of workshops, uh, Boundaries Bootcamp and a Connecting to Intuition Boot, uh, not Bootcamp, but just a, a workshop that I started to do um, in the community and with clients. And that grew into some more extended uh, trainings specifically on boundaries. And I'm working on developing a uh, training on uh, a more extensive training on connecting to intuition. And now it's sort of grown into a whole different thing. So from the private practice, I've opened a different business called the Empowered Hearts Collective, which is meant to specifically work with highly sensitive women, um, helping them to tap into their power of their sensitivity, specifically using uh, boundary setting and connecting to intuition as sort of those levers to that, um, connecting to that power. So it's sort of a training program and also a coaching program. And it's really just a, a joy to be working specifically with that population. Cause I think that that's really my calling. I love that so much. You're I learned so much about you just now. And I feel like you have such a beautiful place. No, I find it to be like your own self-discovery, actually. Just the way you were exploring different avenues and figuring things out for yourself. And from one sensitive woman to another, I think it's so beautiful that you built up the courage to explore for yourself. And in that, you probably learned your own healing modalities and your own tools and techniques to support yourself, especially because you can say that you are a sensitive woman and you've cultivated your own intuition and have built your own boundaries in both personal and professional aspects of your life. So when you say that your calling is to highly sensitive women, women, I think that's beautiful because it's definitely something that's needed out there. Um, And I'm curious to know more about, for people who don't know what that even means to be a highly sensitive woman, how would you describe them? And um, what does it feel like to be highly sensitive? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. And you're absolutely right, just with your comment on kind of my own journey intersecting with my professional journey, because every single thing that I've done professionally, I've done myself, EMDR, internal family systems as a client over the years, it's been a really great healing tool for me and boundary setting and connecting to intuition have been crucial 
for me myself, everything that I bring up in a training or a workshop is stuff that I say to myself and need to hear myself over and over. So it's almost like doing my own self-healing work through these offerings. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. But what does it feel like to be a highly sensitive woman? I think that a good way to describe it is going through the world with the volume turned up to 11. So you just experience everything in a more intense way. So that could be your sensory input, sounds, spells, visual stimuli, but it also means that you take in people's energy more intensely. So you really have a super high level of empathy, almost to the point that it can feel eerie. Like I just know what's going on around me to a really high level at all times. Mm -hmm. And that really influences pretty much everything about the way that we move through the world. So it influences our relationships. Highly sensitive women really are onto connection. Um, connection is extremely important to us. Um, we desire authentic connections. So it, we really don't like small talk. So whenever we're in, you know, sort of a big group situation, it can be easy to a get bored because we're like, what are we even talking about here? This is silly. I want some big talk and just overwhelmed with everyone's energy all the time. Um, highly sensitive women really connect with nature, art, music. We have a lot of creativity in us. We really love to experience the fruits of other people's creativity. Um, Some of the downsides too, are that we can be really, really affected by what's going on around us in a really profound way that other people might not understand and kind of be, you know, inconvenient to the status quo. And so that often means that we move through the world feeling like, what's wrong with me? Why am I bothered by this? And everybody else seems to be fine. So that's why I feel that boundary setting and really learning to trust and nurture our intuition is a really important part of kind of surviving in the world that we live in as um, highly sensitive women. That is a beautiful way to put it. And I can relate on so many levels. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can too. And I think it's beautiful how there's so much to value about being a highly sensitive woman because in our world today, luckily the relation to being sensitive is changing. The connotation to it is changing. But for a very long time, at least when I was growing up, sensitivity was a negative thing like being sensitive had a very negative connotation to it and it was more like toughen up build thick skin you can't feel so much being emotional is not a good thing and it's like I remember when I saw um someone who just won Miss World and she was being interviewed and and she was asked what is your superpower and she was like my superpower is that I'm a sensitive woman wow that was the first time I heard that being owned by a, that a lot. No. And I was like blown away. I loved it so much that that reframed my connotation to sensitivity and it no. helped me kind of reclaim that part of myself. How cool. When was that? Was that recently or a while back? He became Miss World back in like 1998. And I saw this interview wow. many years later. She was way ahead of her time. Way ahead of her time. Yeah. Hmm. She really knew how to put it into words gracefully. And I was just so moved by that, that it was like, okay, cool. So nothing is wrong with me. That means that being sensitive is actually a strength. 
And that's what we're here to talk about, you and I, how there's strength in sensitivity and how to really own it. And I think it's beautiful how the two things that you focus on are intuition, which your girl loves. I can totally relate to that. And um, also setting boundaries, because a lot of women end up falling into the categories of being a people pleaser or a perfectionist. So knowing how to protect yourself and your energy while being the most self-expressed version, I think is so essential as a highly sensitive woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say the superpower is when it comes to being a highly sensitive woman? Gosh, there's so much to it. I mean, first of all, just the, the relational piece, you know, we are really good at knowing what people need often before they need it themselves. So we can be incredibly empathetic and compassionate and considerate. We really make a point and get a lot of joy out of really showing up for people in relationship. And that also means that we can show up really well in healing roles as therapists, coaches, nurses, doctors, as, you know, parents, that's really a healing, healing role in its own way. And just showing up in our day-to-day relationships as sisters, friends, coworkers, just our presence can be really healing for people when we show up in that way that taps into our sensitivity. Um, uh, we can also really draw on our sensitivity for creative purposes. So we take in so much from the world and we really go around in our heads about it. We have really deep and complex inner lives. And, and then we come back to the world with some really beautiful things. If that's art, music, writing, um, that can be a really powerful gift to give to the world. And I also really think just even by healing ourselves and showing up as happier, more joyful versions of ourselves, that in its own way is really tapping into a superpower. Because like you said, our culture really doesn't value a lot of those qualities. We live in a really hyper competitive culture, hyper capitalist, where traditionally, you know, masculine qualities like stoicism are really valued and, Mm -hmm. and put on a pedestal competition, um, not feeling things, all of that is what we're supposed to be striving for. But but that's really not what we need right now. I think that we're really in a moment in time where we're being asked to return to some of those more quote unquote feminine characteristics like intuition, like feeling our feelings, like sensitivity. And so even by embracing those traits within ourselves, that's actually a really subversive act to even just say this is a good thing about me. You're not going to let me feel bad about myself because of this thing that is really beautiful and helps me show up in the world in a kind, compassionate, and really truthful and honest way. So by healing ourselves and and really accepting ourselves, we're helping to dismantle some of these really harmful structures like the patriarchy that have been hurting people for so long. That gave me chills. That was just so powerful to hear your words. And what came out of that for me is how you can really show up in so many beautiful ways and you can connect with people. Your relationships can thrive so much more because you're highly sensitive. You can be more creative and expressive. You can try these outlets to really be able to heal yourself in creative ways 
And then I love how you brought in patriarchy. I did not see that coming. Oh, you'll get used to it. That's something I talked about all the time. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. We might be going on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm so intrigued now because I... I wouldn't say I was raised in a patriarchal environment, but I've been exposed to patriarchal figures in my life that I've had to learn to not absorb when it comes to their words, actions, and energies, especially as a highly sensitive woman. And I think that could be really helpful for our listeners to better understand how to be in the face of patriarchy as a highly sensitive woman and have your own back to kind of just own your truth? Oh, I love that question. Yeah. And I'm a social worker. So I'm always thinking about systems and the ways that we interact with them. And I really feel like anything that happens on a broader level first happens on an individual and relational level. So I feel like that's really important to just know that whatever you're doing for yourself individually and within your relationships has a broader effect. Because if you see for like the women's movement or the civil rights movement, none of that happened just out of nowhere. It happened on an individual and relational level first, and then it grew really into something. So just in terms of how we can really show up for ourselves and have our own backs, think yes, first boundary setting and really giving yourself the permission to set boundaries, to take care of yourself, to spend time alone and in nature and with art and with really safe people um, Mm -hmm. is really important because it taps into a really powerful, natural Mm -hmm. healing presence that's there for all of us. If we really take time to sit with it and also really having a practice of sisterhood. So that could look like people you've grown up with your whole life. It could look like people that are around you in your day-to-day environment, or it could even look like what we're doing here, you know, connecting with people across the country or across the world that can help to support us. Because the more that we kind of say this stuff out loud and hear about people's similar experiences, that's a huge deal. When we isolate people, we diminish their power. And the more that we connect to one another, the more we can tell somebody else, hey, there's nothing wrong with you. The more that we can really feel into that ourselves, we can spread joy and empowerment. And that's really iterative when we just simply connect with one another and share our experiences. That's beautiful. And I'm I'm really present to how you can feel a sense of belonging the more you connect with the sensitivity and I know that's like the main topic of our conversation and just how to be able to embrace so many aspects of what's possible once you embrace that yes I am a highly sensitive woman and all of these gifts and experiences can be embraced given I don't shame or dismiss the side of me Mm -hmm. and I heard you talk about being empathetic and I feel like being an empath can also come into the picture as being a highly sensitive woman. So when it comes to um, being an empath, how do you recommend actually setting those healthy boundaries? Because we've heard a lot about it, like have healthy boundaries in your relationships or protect yourself by having boundaries. But like, if you were to paint a picture, what does that actually look like? And how do you do those things for yourself? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I'll I'll try not to 
go on about it for too long because I could probably go on about it for days, but I'll try to think of a few things that feel like really important keys. So one of them is just kind of developing a new philosophy around boundaries, because I think that when we think about boundaries, we think about it as being something kind of mean or harsh, you know, images of like a wall or a barrier will come to mind. And that can really prevent us from doing what we need to do. But I think that it's really important to start to think about boundaries in a different way. First of all, that anything that you do to make yourself into a more connected, healed, happy, joyful version of yourself is actually something that you do for the world. You're really putting positive energy out there and you're creating iterative joy by doing that. And by that same token, if you are involved in a relationship dynamic that isn't serving you, it's not serving the other person that you're in that dynamic with either. Even if it kind of appears that way on the surface, there's Mm -hmm. something toxic going on there that isn't good for anybody involved. So I want people to start thinking about boundaries more as about healthy communication, healthy, authentic communication, honesty, empowerment, and self-love. So that's kind of the first step is that, that new attitude about boundaries. And then we can really go about setting boundaries in a lot of different ways. I kind of think of it as setting boundaries by saying no or setting boundaries by asking for more. So we can say no to expectations on our time, expectations on information, expectations having to do with our bodies. Um, there, that's kind of like the classic way that we think about saying no. Um, and we can get into whatever feels the most relevant to you to, kind of go further with any of these different ways of saying boundaries, but we can also ask for boundaries by saying more or uh, asking for more. So that could look like, Hey, I need you to share more of the childcare responsibilities with me or at work asking for a raise or even asking for more emotional needs to be met. Like, Hey, I am somebody who really thrives off of verbal af- affirmation can can I ask for more of that from you in our relationship so that's kind of a different way of thinking about setting boundaries saying no but also asking for more in our relationships and then when people do or don't choose to respect our boundaries we have the choices to you know stick around see if anything changes we can repeat ourselves and make sure that it's understood But we can also sort of create distance in the relationship. So that might mean sharing less with somebody, spending less time around them, having a less level of depth and trust in the relationship. That's an option. And, you know, you really want to make sure that you're sharing and trusting the most with people that are respecting your boundaries. They need that to show up in that way in order to have your trust. And then you also have the option always to leave a situation or relationship um, if those boundaries aren't continuing to be respected. So setting boundaries doesn't mean trying to force somebody to do Mm -hmm. something that you want to do. You always have options and boundaries are about you and what you need. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. It's so informative because sometimes boundaries can feel scary. Mm -hmm. It can feel like, Ooh, am I allowed to do this? Do I have the permission to speak up and use my voice? And I think that comes with time and just kind of cultivating that form of love, like you said, where it's a softer approach. And I love how you said that you may think that not having that boundary is going to be okay, 
but in a way you're not serving yourself or the other person in the relationship. And once you actually accept that and you kind of have that perspective shift, it opens up so many doors because it's like, oh, wait a second, this is actually toxic. So considering a boundary would actually be healthier and more supportive to not only me, but the other person in the equation as well. So in fact, not having a boundary is kind of like a disservice, whereas you're being of more um, authenticity and more self-expression when you are setting those boundaries in place, because you're not only thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about the other person in that relationship as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think that kind of like you were saying, it's all about authenticity and showing up with more self-expression. You know, if you're not setting boundaries, that means that you're not really expressing yourself. You're not really talking about what you need and what you want. And so in a way you're kind of faking it. And that means that you're showing up with less you to your relationships. And I think that you really do a huge gift to the people that you're in relationship with by showing up the most fully that you can as yourself. Thank you for saying that because this is literally called the Stay True to You podcast. Yes. Yeah. So it brings it all together so beautifully. And I think it also feels encouraging to even consider boundaries and to explore that because I know a lot of our listeners may be present to boundaries and have heard of it, but to just hear from you what it's like to set them in place as a highly sensitive woman is so informative and just feels more approachable. So Thank you for that perspective shift, because that really does help a lot. And um, intuition, let's talk about that. We haven't really gotten a chance to highlight it much. And you and I both believe in it so much, and we've cultivated it through our own journeys. So I'd love to hear from you when it comes to intuition, how a highly sensitive woman can strengthen it for themselves. And I know for a fact, I've hired had many women come to me and say, you know, I know intuition is there, but how do I know it's the right thing to listen to? Or how do I know it is the voice that is going to guide me to the most fulfilling, expansive experience that I'm desiring? Because sometimes my intuition has misled me. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I think trusting that intuition is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And I almost kind of want to push back against your clients a little bit. I don't want to say that I don't believe them, but I do have to wonder what they are kind of thinking of as intuition, because I really do think that when we listen to our intuition, it's kind of never wrong. And that's the really cool thing about it. I think that we have to really work to get to know ourselves and the different voices that are coming up. Like, is this anxiety or is this sort of the still small voice that's inside me that we can kind of think of as intuition? So I think just first feeling like you have a better connection and you can recognize when intuition is coming through. And that really comes from a strong mindfulness practice It comes from spending time alone in nature, journaling, really getting to know yourself. And as you do that more and more, I think you will recognize a voice of intuition that comes through. Um, I think we also need to sort of 
toss a bone to the cognitive parts of ourselves though, because we all have parts that want to know that we're kind of doing the right and logical thing. Um, so what we can do to sort of talk back to that voice that wants some evidence is first of all, go back through the decisions that you've made in your life, look back and think, okay, when was I making decisions based on intuition, based on a really strong gut feeling of rightness or wrongness? And when was I making decisions based off of things that I thought that I should be doing, you know, on paper or what was sort of like the path of least resistance. And I really think that you can see that when you make decisions based on intuition, your intuition actually makes really good decisions for you. So going back and kind of assessing those situations, but then also practicing in your day-to-day life. So I really encourage people to start out with small sort of inconsequential decisions. Like what am I going to have for lunch today? Or what do I want to do this weekend? What do I want to wear to work today? And when you're making those decisions, just kind of tune into your body, see what has sort of a feeling of rightness or wrongness to it. Intuition is really, really strongly connected to how things show up in your body. Body uh, intuition is a really crucial part of all of this. And then just kind of see how does it go? Did you like what you wore? Did you enjoy what you did? Did you feel good after the meal that you had? And you can kind of build a body of evidence through those little experiences that's going to help that cognitive part of you to say, okay, maybe, maybe this could work. You know, maybe this is actually a good way of making decisions. And then as you trust your intuition to make bigger and bigger decisions for you, that evidence will pile up and start to really be undeniable. Oof, that makes me so happy because I'm all about intuition. And especially because I've noticed that you're right, it's never really wrong. And what I talk about with my clients is the distinction between the ego versus intuition. So they can kind of understand better that the mind that's, you know, being the inner, not the mind, the voice that's being the inner critic, that's your ego. Right. Whereas your intuition being your inner voice, think of it as your inner bestie. It's always going to have your back. So it truly can't mislead you. Absolutely. I think that's a really good way to think of it. And I think some good ways to recognize when you're uh, connecting to intuition are, does it feel calm? Mm. Do you feel confident? Do you feel connected? Um, Do you feel like you have clarity? There are a bunch of C words that are sort of uh, Mm. associated with intuition and sort of inner core self. I'm thinking about um, internal family systems, which is a modality that I've worked with a lot. Mm. Um, do you get that feeling that starts to become very distinctive? Cause that's core self that's intuition and the ego might have a feeling of urgency and anxiety about it. Even if it is kind of talking you into uh, thinking that it's really, you know, you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I really appreciate your perspective. I feel like I can hear you talk for days. It's like music to my ears, the way you explain things and you really know how to simplify it for people that may be curious, but don't know how to explore these topics further. So as we wrap up, I would like to ask you one last question specifically towards you. Um, How do you stay true to you? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that one of the main things that I've done, especially in the last year or so is just listening to 
my voice in making some big decisions. So I've really changed almost everything about my life in the last year or so, including a cross country move, closing my practice, different relationships in my life. There's been a ton of change and it's been scary and difficult and expensive moving and, you know, shutting down the practice and all those things. But I think having the courage to do that and really listening to what I was being called to has been, um, you know, I, I have to say, I, I appreciate that I'm able to do that because it hasn't been easy. And I think that I will really see the fruit of that in the coming years. There's always sort of a, a spiritual desert before you get to the promised land. And I think staying true to yourself does involve taking risks and making hard choices uh, when it would be easier to just stay in the status quo. I love that you have taken those leap of faith. Like it just, it leaps of faith. It sounds like you've really taken that moment to bet on yourself and you've challenged things, you've questioned things, and you've really explored how you can truly create life on your own terms. And it sounds like you're really living it today. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it very much happening. There's I'm getting all kinds of signs. There's sort of a new energy to things. I just recently landed in Oregon and it already really feels like home. I've really had a calling here for over a year now, and it's exciting to see what happens next. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your energy and your words of wisdom. You shared so many beautiful pieces of just awareness that we can really take away and apply to our lives. I know I'm going to be listening to this on replay for myself and <laughs> integrating the things that you said, and I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed this as well. So thank you so much for your presence and being here with me today. And uh, I wish you all the best with everything. You so much. It was so much fun being here with you. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode to follow along Robin's work or to explore her beautiful offerings like workshops, coaching programs, and retreats, check her out at empoweredheartscollective.com. See you next time. Thank you for listening. As a gift for anyone listening to this episode, if you leave a review, you'll receive a free coaching session with me. To redeem your gift, once you've left a review, click on the link on this episode's description to book your call. Until next time, stay true to you.